presume that you have a tomorrow. Life is unpredictable. And folks, life is brief. Life is so brief. The scripture says you are a mist here for a while and then gone. Now, the word mist in Greek is atmos. It's where we get the word atmosphere. And so it simply means that your life is kind of like a fog that appears in the atmosphere. It moves in in the morning and it's there for a while and then by noon it burns off and it's gone. It vanishes. Folks, we have no idea how long we're going to live. Not one of us. We have no idea. In fact, when the Bible describes our lives, it uses words like grass, shadow, puff of smoke, vapor, and those are all things that last just for a short time and then suddenly they vanish. They're, they're gone. The Bible says grass withers, flowers fade. So here's the hard truth. You and I, we're just one heartbeat away from eternity. We're just one breath away from eternity. Life is unpredictable. Life is brief. You don't know how long you've got. And folks, it just seems to me the longer I've lived that life seems to go so fast. I don't know about you, but it just seems like yesterday, Shirley and I were 35 with three little kids starting a church called Canyon Hills. Wow, where did 28 years fly by? Man, it just seems like it goes so fast. It seems like in just an instant, you go from having great dreams as a young guy to a guy with gray hair. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is? It seems like in an instant you go from having hot wheels to having a chair with wheels. <laughs> Man, that's just kind of the way life works. It seems like in an instant you go from diapers to decay so quickly. Everybody can say, wow, pastor, thanks for a really encouraging message. <laughs> I'm going to get gray hair. I'm going to have a tombstone. But life does go fast. And that's what James is trying to tell us. So when you're making plans for the future, don't just presume that you've got the rest of your life to do this or to do that. Don't presume that you just have tomorrow. The Bible says this, come, each one cries, let us drink our fill of beer. And tomorrow be just like today or even better. Maybe you know somebody that has that kind of an attitude. They say, we're just going to live forever Yesterday was awesome. That means tomorrow's going to be even better. So let's bring out the beer. Let's have a party. But the Bible is saying you can't presume that tomorrow's going to be the same as yesterday. You don't know what a day may bring forth. The Bible says this, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. It may not be as good. So what's James saying is a solution? He's saying, live one day at a time. Live each day to the fullest. Make each day a day that you serve Jesus with your whole being. The Bible says this, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow. Live one day at a time. So that's how God says to face the future. The future can be overwhelming, but it comes in bite-sized pieces comes in 24-hour segments, right? <laughs> so what are you to do? Well, you and God are to make plans together for the future. And so you may have a future plan, but live today. 
Be present today. Take advantage of the present today. And so here's the deal. As you plan for Christmas, don't miss Thanksgiving. As you plan for the new year, don't miss Christmas. <laughs> Be present at Christmas. Because today is those good old days that one day you're going to look back in 15 years and talk about. Today is the day in which God wants to use you in some awesome way. He wants to use your gifts and your resources, your energy today, right here. So don't miss today. Enjoy today. Enjoy every moment, even the hard ones. Enjoy every conversation. Enjoy every task in front of you. Be present. Live today for Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You may not have it tomorrow. Don't presume. Spencer Johnson wrote a book called The Perfect Present. In the book, he said that the perfect present is literally the perfect present. The present time. That's all you have. That's all you have to give to the world. Not the next hour, not the next month, but right now. That's the gift that God has given to you, so you ought to use it. That's all you have, the present. What if we became a people? What if we became individuals that every moment of our lives we were present, we were following the plan that God had given us, and we were present each moment, each hour, each day, and we were saying, God, use me. Wow, what a difference that would make in our community, in our families, in our workplaces. Now, the future is uncertain. It is unsure. It is brief. But that doesn't mean you need to get all uptight and paralyzed with panic and worry. But it should motivate you to face the future by putting your trust in Jesus Christ, the only one who knows the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that's what counts. David said it well, Lord, my days are in your hands. So when you're planning for the future, don't plan without God. Don't presume that you have tomorrow. And last, don't put off doing good. Don't put off doing those things that you know you should be doing. With the time, with the skills, with the resources, with, with the gifts that God has given you, things that you know you should be doing, don't put them off. The Bible says this, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, look at this, sins. Wow. James is talking about procrastinating when it comes to caring for others. Have you ever met somebody who, who's always saying, well, you know, I'm aiming to do this or that. Yeah, I'm aiming to do something. I, I want to ask them, are you actually ever going to do it? <laughs> are you ever going to get up and do that thing you're aiming to do? Somebody wrote this, procrastination is my sin. It's only caused me sorrow. I know I ought to change my ways. In fact, I will tomorrow. <laughs> We love to put things off, but understand that procrastinating can be committing a sin. Now, when we think of things that are sinful, we usually think of evil things like uh, adultery and murder and cheating and lying and stealing. Those are sins of commission. Those are acts that we commit. But there's another kind of sin that God's talking about here. It's the sins of omission. The things that we know God is calling us to do, but we omit those things from our lives. 
We omit them from our schedules. We omit those things from our plans. Everybody go, whoa. (laughs) Do you understand that you can sit still and do nothing and still sin? That's what James is saying here. Because there are things that you and I ought to be doing, that we're called to be doing as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, being a follower of Christ is more than simply avoiding evil. It's all about doing good. So when you procrastinate and put off doing good by saying, well, one of these days, you know what? I am going to go do that Long Beach thing. One of these days, I am going to go down there and help feed those 200 hungry people that are homeless. One of these days, yeah, I'll start taking some meals for the sick in my church. Yeah, one of these days, I'm going I'm to serve some other people. One of these days, I'm going to get really serious about following God. I'm going to give my whole tithe to God. One of these days, I'm going to use my gifts for him. I'm going to pray better for those who are struggling. But you never do. Did you realize that's sin? The Bible says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow when you now have it with you. James is saying, do good now. He's saying, that's the solution. Do good now. Don't put it off. If you can do something good now, use your gifts, use your strength, use what you've been given by God to help bless somebody else. Do it now. Now listen close. There's three things you can do with your life. You can waste it, you can spend it, or you can invest it. TV commercials are full of all the things we can do to waste our lives with time, all kinds of things. It shows us all kinds of things we can do to spend, things we want to spend our lives doing, and all the things we can do to acquire status and pleasure. But listen, you can invest your life in something that will outlast your life. What's going to outlast your life? Just two things, the Word of God and people. The Word of God and people. The Bible teaches us that these two things will never pass away. The word of God will never pass away. That people will last for eternity in one of two places. In heaven or in hell. And so where you spend your time now will determine where you and others spend eternity. So invest your life in two things that will last. Invest your life in helping spread the word of God. Invest your life in sharing the word of God with others near you. That's how you make your life count. That's how you make a difference. Years ago, there was a Peace Corps commercial on TV that said this. It doesn't matter how long you live if you're not doing anything with your life. Let that sink in. Too often we worry about the duration, how long we're going to live, but God cares more about the donation, what you're doing while you live. So the question is, are you making your life count? Or are you just frittering it away on non-essentials that aren't going to count? God is saying, do good now. Make your life count now. Maybe you remember the story that Jesus told about the talents. The master of of a large farming operation gave one talent to one guy. He gave five talents to another guy. He gave ten talents to a third guy. Then the master left for a few years. And when the master returned, he found that two of the guys had really doubled their money. But when he went to the third guy, this guy had just buried his money in the ground. He hadn't done a thing with the money. 
And the master was so angry that he said something like, at least you could have put it into savings and gained some interest on it. Then he said to the third guy, you are a wicked servant. Now why would the master say that? What had that man done? Absolutely nothing. That's wickedness. That's what God says wicked. Doing doing nothing with your life is wickedness. God wants your life to count. He gave you skills. He gave you gifts. He's given you health. He's given you resources. And he wants your life to count. And so you can do all kinds of things that can keep you from doing evil. But if you're not doing anything in a positive sense, you can still be living in sin. Whatever you intend to do for the Lord, James is saying, do it now, not next week, not next month, not next year. So if you're thinking about God wants you to invite a friend to church or to our, our Halloween carnival or to some Christmas event, do it. Do it now. If God's putting on your heart to lead a small group, do it now. If God is putting on your heart to serve in some way, do it now. If God's putting on your heart to start giving the whole tithe, do it now. When is the best time to get together with God? Now. Say it with me. Now. Today is the best time to get your act together with God. There's another story that Jesus told that illustrates the same thing that James is teaching in this passage. But it's all about a man who had planned without God, who presumed that he had tomorrow, and he put off doing good. Take a look at this scripture. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I've got no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones. And there I'm going to store all my grain and all my goods. I'm going to say to myself, you've got plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get all that you prepared for yourself? This guy, had a, this guy had a problem. You know what his problem was? It was an eye problem. He was only thinking about himself. Nobody else. And God says, how foolish. You don't know how long you're going to live. You and I don't know when God's going to say your time on earth is done. So consider God. Consider others in your planning. Folks, don't keep planning without God. Don't leave this place and just... Go and make your next schedule for the next day or next week, next month, and not consider God. Sit in His presence and ask God what you should do. Don't keep presuming you have tomorrow. Don't keep putting off the good things you know you should be doing. The Bible says this, right now, God is ready to welcome you. Today, He's ready to save you. For some of us here this morning, right now, today could be the day that God welcomes you into eternity. We don't know that. Right now, for some of us, could be the day that you give your life to Jesus Christ because maybe you never really have. For some of you, today could be the day that you start planning with Jesus. It could be the day that you stop presuming that you do have a tomorrow. Today could be the day that you stop putting off doing good. So listen really close. Maybe some of you are saying, man, tomorrow, once I reach a certain level, tomorrow, man, I've got to get to this next level, but tomorrow, then I'm going to spend more time with my kids, with my husband, with my wife. 
But you need to know what often starts out as a temporary condition ends up as a permanent lifestyle. Some are running 100 miles an hour to bring in the bucks, to grab the bucks. But once they have them, often there are no relationships left to share the bucks with. Listen, if you only had one week left, how would you spend it? What would you do for your husband, for your wife, for your children? What would you do for Jesus? God says, live each day as if it were your last. It could be. This morning, maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, forgive you, and save you. Why not do that today? Are you absolutely certain that if you were to die today, that you'd go to heaven? If not, the Bible tells us that you can be. Maybe you are a Christian, but maybe you've forgotten to really follow Jesus. Maybe you just started making all your plans all by yourself, and you've forgotten to follow His plan. Does your future plan include Him? As we close today, would you bow your heads... And I want to encourage you. I'm going to pray several different kinds of prayers. And if one makes sense to you, would you pray and make this commitment to Jesus Christ? Some of you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart and life. And so would you simply say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come live in my life. Be my Savior and Lord. Best I know how, I'll follow you. You pray a prayer like that and Jesus comes into your life. He forgives you. He washes away all your sin. And if you were to die today, you would go be with him in heaven. But some of you need to pray, Lord, I choose to not plan without you any longer. I will seek your plan for my life. Some of you need to pray, I will not presume that I have tomorrow. Lord, help me to be present every day. Some need to pray, Lord, I will choose to not put off doing the good I know you've called me to be doing. Lord, I'll start doing those things. And I think we all need to pray today, Jesus, I choose to face the future with you. This morning, will you lay yourself down And follow Jesus. Will you not be like the farmer who was all focused on himself and his plans? But will you lay down yourself and say, I am willing to follow you, Jesus. Father, it thrills my heart that when we do that, you by your Holy Spirit are so willing to guide us, to give wisdom to us, to help us lay down plans that are wonderful, not only for our lives, but for others and for you, plans that make a difference for eternity. Lord, help us to be that kind of people. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.